Exodus 32, 15 through 35. Everybody was here Sunday. Is that, is that right? That's right. That's right. Okay, I saw you. Yeah. I missed the first half. I was in. Oh, helping out with the. Getting the stuff ready for yeah. the reception. Well, it looks like you've got no. Yeah. Well, I listened to it this oh. morning so I could get. Psh, look at you. The first half. I know. The best student teachers could ask for. Well, any, any thoughts, any big thoughts before we kind of parse this out and walk through it? Exodus 32, it's a, it's a milestone marker. To me, there's, there's two places in Exodus that for me have been, um, really have been milestones and, and, and markers for me as I think about the Old Testament. One is Exodus 20, which is the Ten Commandments, and then the Golden Calf is another one where it's kind of, I don't know why, but uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll catch myself thinking, okay, is this before or after Exodus 20, or is it before or after the golden calf? Um, so th- these are major, major moments for the history of Israel. Um, any, any thoughts? I thought it was, I hadn't thought about it before, like when Moses threw down the tablets, I thought, you know, just in disgust or whatever, but uh, Wes made the point that they broke the covenant. Mm. Yeah, it's a, a visual it's the covenant, and you, here you are, you're mm-hmm. breaking it. Yeah, you know, a, so a visual symbol of what's happening at at that moment, right? Yeah. Mm. I just, I have a question. Did it just hit me when you said she like broke the covenant? So they're here at Mount Sinai. Is the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire? there or was it only present when it was leading them because it, it, it strikes me that the people are doing this and there's a manifestation of God right in front of them. I think there is a manifestation of God. I don't know if it's necessarily in the pillar of cloud. What I think it is is in, in the, 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 um, the fire on the top of the mountain okay. where Moses okay. was. So wherever it is or whatever it is, it seems to be close by. I would, I would think, because the whole, the whole reason why they wanted to, to do this in the first place is because Moses went into the cloud, and they said, we, it's been 40 days, we don't know what's come of Moses, so they can see it. That's interesting. There are some things about this particular point in Exodus that even Wes and I have had discussions about that uh, are really interesting to me. Because if you read linearly through the book and think of the things that are happening as happening in those moments that we see it recorded, it seems like uh, 25 to 32 or 30, you've got um, Moses on the mountain hearing from God how to build the tabernacle. And then he comes down with uh, all of these instructions. And if you read it just like that, it seems like the people down at the bottom haven't heard about the instructions yet. But as Wes and I have talked about it, we don't think that that's the case. We think that this is the order in which the author and the uh, the editors have placed it. It almost feels like a little parenthesis, mm-hmm. like a warning mm-hmm. between all the tabernacle book 
Mm-hmm. Like, put this little parenthesis here and remind you of what happens when you look away. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because if it seemed, it was, it would seem a little heavy-handed for God if they had not been given the instructions. Uh, but it, it doesn't seem that that's the case. It seems that they're very aware of what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, and, and we see that in the way that God responds. Uh, so I, that was a question I had a couple of weeks ago. When, and, and he said, yeah, he said, I see what you're saying. And we, we, we talked about it and, and he, he changed my mind that uh, this, what we're reading may not necessarily be the, the actual historical line of events, but is being used as a literary device to, to prop up the seriousness of idolatry. Um, which was interesting. I think it shows that God doesn't take sin lightly. Mm. That was that was the big takeaway for me. There's a couple times where Wes made that comment. We uh, two of them are I'm looking at right now. We can dress up our idolatry and ungodliness and make it look spiritual, but it's still an idol that is not of God and will be exposed by the judge of all the earth. And then later on, just a couple paragraphs later, he says, maybe Moses' response to sin should be our response to sin, not just the sin of others or our culture, but our own sin. So uh, to think that Moses was being a little dramatic, yeah, maybe maybe that is a sign that we don't have a right to, view of our own sin and I agree I know I don't I know I don't I was kind of surprised he must the Ten Commandments must have penetrated his heart because I was kind of surprised he was as tolerant with Aaron as he was because I mean the last time Moses saw somebody hurt his brothers he killed them and so you can see how he's grown with God and that he was I mean he's he's got to be furious with Mm -hmm. Aaron of all people he's like look you're supposed to be God's mouthpiece. I'm up on the mountain. You're here. You're supposed to be leading these people mm-hmm. to God, not in sin. Yeah, it, it, I think it could have been really easy for Moses to respond. And in sin, we have to say it would be in sin to to be the judge in that moment and not let God be the judge. So you do kind of see this maturity over the over the course of his his narrative. Well, and yet a little bit later in the scripture. Levites go kill 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. And so, as Leslie's saying, you know, could not Aaron yep. have been justified? Yep. Yeah, I think, so. but, but it was God who's like, sure. yeah. it was God who's not exactly. Moses initiating it. Mm-hmm. It was God who's like, who's on my side? Well, go, go purge sin out of mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm just thinking, a thought just came to me that there are, um, I think later on, maybe in Numbers, there's a moment where they've uh, they've captured some Canaanites, I guess, and some of the uh, some of the men have have taken some of the captives as wives, and and there's another bit of judgment that has to happen, and one of them, I think, it's Phineas. Uh, through both both of them which kind of leads you to believe what was going on at the moment for both of them to be so close to each other Um, so you've got there's just echoes of of this judgment 
There's a, a Paul David Tripp comment that I've, I've probably said a few times, but it's so stuck with me. It's in a book called Dangerous Calling. And he, he makes a comment that, uh, you know, beware, something to the sense of beware uh, a time where you don't even think about your own sin or you don't even, you can't even recount your own sin. And I think about that a lot because I could just kind of coast and, Yeah, they don't. Even, they don't know how to blush. Yeah. Doing their daily lives and you know, Jeremiah, is it mm. Jeremiah or Isaiah? Was that last? Was that last week or this week where he, he used that as a? Uh, yeah, they're just eating, drinking, and doing their regular stuff. I think it was last week. Uh, Jeremiah eight twelve. They were ashamed. Were they ashamed when they committed abominations? No, they were not ashamed at all. They do not even know how to brush, blush. Therefore, they will fall among the fallen. When I punish them, they will be overthrown, says the Lord. Jeremiah used that phrase mm. in Jeremiah 8. So yeah, you see Moses in this particular instance. You see him start to take on some of these... Um, type roles where he, he is kind of like uh, Yahweh. He's acting like Yahweh in some sense where he, his anger burns hot as, as God's did. And, and he's the one that breaks the tablets uh, as, you know, as a sign of God, understanding that they've, they've broken the covenant and stuff like that. Um, like God's anger burned hot. Go ahead. Oh. Uh, so this is symbolic act uh, where, where Moses' anger burns hot, where he breaks the, breaks the tablets. Um, and then, he, then what does he do with, with the actual idol? Yeah. What is, what is that show, we're supposed to show the Israelites about their idol? Not good for much. <laughs> well, that was a common practice in the ancient Near East when you defeat an idol. They would take it, they would melt it down, chop it up, do whatever, and mm-hmm. just throw it to the winds. Yeah, it's disposable. How easily this thing that they've created and, and espoused worship to uh, can so easily be ground and, you know, and then consumed. So the thing that they're consuming is in sharp contrast with the thing that can consume them, right? So the God of Israel who has every ability and right to just get rid of them. Uh, they're, they're, they're now consuming the idol that they've, they've made to, to replace them. I just think the irony is so great.
take this as they're intaking it and eliminating it. That's exactly right. <laughs> Not that true. Well, so but what is this island? There you go. Exactly. Wow. Put a study point on one of the things when it talks about the portions of the idols, and he compared it to uh, cow patties. Mm -hmm. And he says in Hebrew, that's literally what he was talking about. And I was like, well, that's a whole many cultures. That? Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. So Wes had the example of, you know, getting caught smoking and, and having to, to smoke the whole pack. Uh, I, last night we were talking, uh, Chloe was starting to play with her food at dinner, and I just told her a story. I said, you know, when I was about your age, I was at my grandparents' house, and I mixed together mashed potatoes and barbecue sauce, and I thought it was, I thought it was so great. And my mom told me I had to eat it. I had to eat what I made. And it was not good. It was, you think these two things that by themselves are pretty good would be good together. Well, it was not good. And uh, so I said, I would stop what you're doing unless you want to eat guacamole and blueberries. <laughs> so, uh, so this is what's happening with Israel. And, um, after Wes talks about this, he, he, he spends a lot of time talking about Aaron and, and the second point, that Aaron excuses his sin. Yeah. Yes. Right. He's got these four, basically these four excuses. And they, isn't it so funny how, you know, it's funny to think about it. But when we take a step back, we just do this all the time. Well, in the first one, you can almost sympathize with them. God, you know how terrible these people are. Well, they have shown, you know. He's not wrong. He's not wrong in that. But that, but has, no, that has nothing to do with this. Yeah, that's just an right. excuse. And I think a lot of times that's what we want to do. Well, you know, and, and we make an excuse. It might be, you know, I have some whatever to it, but still it's an excuse. It's an excuse. You should have said, you know, when the kids don't behave in Sunday school, I ask them, can you do better? And they usually say, oh yeah. And I will say, well, please do. Let's start now. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's like Moses should have said to them, I mean, Aaron should have said, can you do better? And Won't so you come back with five, five different things to do? And we'll discuss those. <laughs> yeah. Go back to the drawing board. Mm -hmm. Well, and you wonder how could well, how could Aaron have tried to restrain him? To restrain the people. Sure. You know, because you said, well, you didn't do anything. So I made me wonder, ponder, well, you know, how would he have uh, tried to restrain him? I don't know. Go weave the threads together. Stop no. worrying. Go weave some threads together. Yeah, I mean, there's a hundred things he could have done. He could have just not done it and then let them. Probably go about it on their own, uh, but you know, we could say what if, what if all day. Uh, but I, I had a my baseball coach in high school. He would he would say uh, transfer the blame, America's favorite pastime, <laughs> and and that's what we're seeing here. Uh, he, he's trying to place the blame and from the beginning. Yeah, yeah and that's and that's been the the case of humanity. It's not just America. Exactly, and I wrote that. I wrote that down. I wrote that down when in, during this point. It, it's it's the same heart as as the woman. 
And it's, it's, I mean, it's just an echo time and time again. We don't want to own up to our own brokenness. Um, so you know the people. Uh, they, they requested it. That's the second excuse. They requested it, not me. Um, and then he, he kind of twists his words a little bit when he says, uh, he, he said, hey, whoever's got gold, bring it. But really, if you go back to the actual account, it says, take out your gold. Bring me your gold. Uh, it was more of a command yes. than just a suggestion. Yeah, if you got it, I guess we can use that. That's not exactly what's going on. And then lastly, he, My brother. I know. You got you gotta put yourself in the shoes, but and and think he is responding to some sort of emotion and, and circumstance. But it shows us that there's even in, in the midst of turmoil and strife, there's still a right and a wrong way to respond. And and it's not in bowing down to anything other than God. Or it is. Yeah, you, you have to bow down to God and God alone. Seems like idols have been made their way out of their hearts. Egypt was. Mm. Yep. So they go. They go back to what is. What they know. What they knew. So some. There's some God that's associated with the golden. Mm-hmm. Some commentators believe and I tend to, to align with this is that what the people are doing could be um, instead of worshiping just a random God what they are doing is is creating a physical representation of Yahweh um, and there's some I've read some stuff about the bull language and how it, it can connect to uh, to Yahweh it's, it's really interesting so but still uh, that that doesn't pacify it in any way. Uh, it's a direct command to not make any image of God, um, and so all of a sudden they can't see anymore. So they create something that they can see. And I think I just am thinking about my own life, and there have been seasons where, probably because of my own disobedience, I've I've stopped hearing. Or, or knowing what's next. And then I just start doing what I think is right, or, uh, which again is in the end of Judges. They did right what was in their own eyes. Um, and that's, that's just the marker of the people, us, us included. When we stop looking and focusing on God, we're gonna do what's right in our own eyes. Any more thoughts about that? Okay. You can look back at Romans 1 and apply, see how this really applies to them at, you know, uh, you know. Though they knew God's righteous decree and that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice mm-hmm. So, the same old, same old. 
Yep. Doesn't that say to us that we need to be so careful when people come to us and we're hearing, you know, chirping, chirping, chirping from people we trust? And it doesn't mean they're wrong, but it does mean we should test, we should pray, we should check. You know, don't just bend to the opinion that we're hearing. Mm -hmm. And that, that's hard when, it is. you know, when, it's, when it would be you ladies right here talking to me. I'm, Trust you guys, you know. Uh, yeah, I would love. Same with me. We can all be wrong. Yes. Right, we we should have a a church culture where we back everything up, and and we you know and it would be okay if I said something. He said, "Hold on, let me check that." Yeah. And for me not to think that that was uh, like that, you don't think I'm right, but I would see it as love that you want to test it with the word. Life is complicated. Or taken out of yes, oh. life is complicated. Well, a lot of times I sense that, you know, there's just not something right. And then a little later, God will show me a verse, a passage. This is why that kind of rang a bell. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, I didn't know at the time the exact, mm -hmm. but he did show me mm -hmm. that. Okay, yeah. 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 I guess we can all think about what Aaron should have said, what Aaron should have mm -hmm. done. Right. It does. And what Aaron's um, co-workers, whatever you want to call them, you know, people who are around him should have said, hold on a second. Uh, and we, we all need that. We all need that. We need to be that person and we need that people in our life. We are the same way, and if we if we think for one second that we're superior, That's right. uh, we're fooling ourselves. That's right. And in a lot of ways, uh, on this side of the cross, we're we're missing a whole lot of that. And, you know, we, we don't see things like they saw things. So, uh, but we have we do have the Spirit that dwells in us. A lot of times we forget about that. Sometimes lost the respect for God's power because it's not as visible. Like they saw physical fire mm -hmm. rip down the sky and God burn stuff up. I we totally agree. We haven't seen that much lately. So some of the conversations I've gotten in is like, look, the God of the Bible is still the God of the Bible. If he really wanted to, he could split water today. He's just not. I mean, you can't say, I don't worship the God of the Old Testament once, but the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah, we uh, with this that point, what Aaron's testimony in this passage is, is telling us is that we need to recognize our sin and repent of it. It reminds me of um, what about the scripture in Proverbs six about the seven things that are an abomination to God, mm -hmm. and it's not things. I mean, some of them are 
things that are not visible to me, you know? Mm. Gossip and lying tongue and things like that that we oh, yeah. don't think about because we're not <coughs> committing adultery or murder or right. something like that. Oh, well, I'm, yeah. I got it all under control. That's right. That reminds me, Billy, of, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or more, we, we had that study in equipment class on respectable sin. Mm. That, that's just what you're saying now. That's not so bad. You know, that's, it's a respectable sin. Yeah, I have that book. I can't remember who wrote that book, but I've got that book. That's good. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt, it wouldn't hurt to us to revisit that. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, when someone rightly calls you out for your sin, don't fight it or, or get defensive. I think that's what we're, we're saying, is we need folks, we need to be folks, and we need those folks who out of love say, remember, remember the grace of God, and, and, and we have to turn from wickedness. Psalm 141.5, let a righteous man strike me, it is a kindness. Let him rebuke me, it's oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. That's a really good verse to say out loud, but when you start to think about receiving, re- rebuking, uh, and, and being struck, we don't often, we never think of it as kindness. But, you know, we got to change. We got we to see it as, as a gift. So then, point three, who is on the Lord's side? And this is a tough, tough portion of Scripture. Uh, and there are multiple places in the Old Testament that, that deal with this type of judgment, and it's hard. But what do, we, what do we do with it? See, and this makes me wonder, where were the Levites when Aaron was talking? The calf, did he just tell them to sit down and go away? Or were they more scared that he's, he's the leader, he's the head, how... Who am I to challenge him? Yeah. Were they helping him? You know. And now they've decided <laughs> they're on God's side. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does lend you to think that they were uh, throughout this whole thing. They were on the Lord's side. So maybe they weren't joining in with Aaron. But power can do some crazy things to you, especially when you when you're worried about a million or so people on your bad side, it can make you do some, some dumb things. <coughs> Any thoughts on, on what, who is on the Lord's side? You know, just jumping back into this actual context, I thought it was interesting that the thing that God called them to do to judge the sin, which is to to wipe away the lives of the folks that who, who are part of this, who are not on God's side, is the thing uh, that consecrates the, the Levites. Where is that at? Yeah, it's exactly. It, they are set apart for God's work, and 
in being the, the in an arm of justice. 32. Yeah. Moses said, Today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord, each one at the cost of his son and his brother, so that he might bestow a blessing upon you this day. So they're, the thing that they're in charge of, which is to set apart holy things for God in the tabernacle, uh, they're, they're getting a glimpse of that here as they set apart the people for God. That's powerful. Well, it was probably pretty obvious to them, though, to who, who to kill. Yeah. Because the Lord had already said, the man who sinned will die. So, you yeah. know, I think a lot of times you think it's horrible because you think, oh, well, they probably killed some who really weren't engaged in that. But no, they would have had that discern. They would have known it. It wouldn't have been random. Right. Just anybody, it would have been. The ones that were singing and dancing around the idol? I mean, to me, you know, you can't. Because God had already clearly said that. That's exactly right. Who will you be found on the Lord's side on the last day? Yeah. That's, that's our direct um, takeaway and, and application. What about the fact that God's kindness is on display in this act? Wes, Wes talked about that for a good bit. God is righteous and kind, and everything he does is righteous and kind. How is that? But that in the light of how he talked about how sin just keeps snowballing. So if you think if they had left that unchecked, then what? And then mm -hmm. war? And then... Mm -hmm. You know, so to me, yeah. I look at it like, okay, let's now this is going to be the we judgment. You may look at it as severe, but down the road, yeah. it's really merciful. Right, we do that with parenting, right? Where we, we correct yeah. early so that down the road there won't be these larger um, mistakes that, that, that cause more pain right. to, to them and other people. Make decisions that are really mess up their life. Yeah. It doesn't really mess <laughs> Three-year-old beside this, yeah. you know, like, well, Ellie confessed her sins. That's right. And <laughs> you know, it's, it's hilarious. I love having the pastor's kids in class. So much information. I'm telling you. <laughs> but I Ellie mean, will tell you anything. You have to think, that's a good to thing. me, that's what I was thinking, because he said, sin out of control. <laughs> so you have to, the same, it goes back to Genesis. Said, exactly. Well, you know, you guys kind of messed up. I'm no, gonna keep you in here. Me. I'm gonna keep you around the tree of life. No. And let you experience this life and brokenness forever. Yeah, no. But in God's grace, He banishes in them. Mercy. He really was showing mercy. Yeah. And I think sometimes we just lose sight mm -hmm. of that. So. I think answer that question. How is God kind and righteous in this case? What was that? What was Wes? Sure. I think it's. To, to, to stop them from continuing down this idolatrous road, uh, you know, to completely, I mean, it gives them an opportunity to have the covenant renewed, I guess. He said the Lord did not leave his people. He still, he still stayed with them and led them, but he did discipline them first. Hmm. So he said, God's, God's like, you broke my covenant. I'm done. I'm taking the cloud. I'm 
going, mm -hmm. you're on your own. He didn't do that, but he did stay. He kept his file, but he's like, I'm going to chastise and discipline you yeah. first there was death there was death and then there was then the, yeah there was immediate death through the levites and then there was a plague and then there's yeah so and that and that was exactly there's there's gonna be punishment sin has to be dealt with and that was the thing that struck me as i was reading through these this, these verses was the previous chapter or the previous sermon on the first half of the chapter where God is merciful, but still sin had to be dealt with, uh, that, which leads to Moses says, his, hey, I'm going to go up and I'm going to see if, if I can atone, if, if God can atone for, you know, if I can make atonement for what's happened here. Uh, God's mercy's already been shown, but still sin had to be atoned for. Yeah, what's coming is, you know, Moses back up on the mountain and the two, the two new uh, tablets of mm -hmm. stone, and uh, 34, 6, and 7, when God, God describes himself to Moses, uh, I often think about that. Uh, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, this is God talking to Moses, the Lord, the Lord, God uh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Keeping steadfast love, forgiving iniquity, da 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 da. We think about all that. Say, oh wow, God, that's good. You know what the last verse is? Yeah. Last part. But I was no wise guilty. Mm-hmm. Well, who's guilty? Yep. All of us. Mm-hmm. That's exactly so, right. My first thought about, and maybe that's what you were saying, Leslie. He would have been completely justified to kill Wild Wild. He said he wanted to and start over with, uh, with Moses. Mo yep. Moses. Yeah. I yep. thought it was interesting that Moses said, if you won't forgive the people, just block my neck. You yeah, know? man. Kind of like, like Paul mm -hmm. said. Yeah. And this is the same guy who was, who was just down there ripping him a new one and was saying all this stuff. And then he goes up there and... and and you see his love for his love for the people. So <laughs> to have both of those sides of the same coin is really interesting. Uh, and if he's a type of Messiah, if, he's, if he has these types of characteristics that we'll see uh, in, in the Messiah, then it's good, and, and, but also hard to, hard to swallow that God, Jesus loves us, but at the same time, cannot take sin. Uh, that's, yeah, that's good for me to think through. And so that's that nicely to talk on next Sunday about what is the gospel and mm -hmm. why is sin bad. We need to, I need to go back and work this, work this in. So to, I mean, this is so, this is so fitting. Mm -hmm. For thinking about the bad news. What's the bad? Why is the good news good news? Because there's this bad news. That's exactly right. And that's really bad. <laughs> and it's really bad. Yes. And we're covering the flood Sunday. And we're talking about oh, really? this. Mm -hmm. The next lesson is the flood. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So hopefully after this plague, Wes says that they won't respond. 
to this plague like Pharaoh responded to the earlier plagues, which you got to think that that, the, that plague language is directly harkening them back to the early parts of Exodus. Um, so when we, yeah, even in, in when we feel the, the hurt that sin brings, when we, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. When we're disciplined because of our disobedience, my prayer for myself is that I, my heart is not hardened, but that I'll, 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 my heart will be softened to, to that love of the Father, that He loves me enough to, to deal with me and to, to shepherd me and bring me back to Himself. There was this kid once who told me, you got me in trouble, because I, I told his parents what they did after they got home. And she, I was like, no, you got yourself in trouble. And I love you too much mm-hmm. to not tell your daddy, to not let your daddy pray. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So the gospel is that uh, atonement has been made for, for sin through Jesus. Anything else? But the sin was bad. There is. From a, from a, a right purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, when we read it, we read about the, them dying out in the generation. I'm like, but they, they, they sinned, what, 12 times against him. Yeah. Before he's like, that's it. I'm raising up a new generation. I mean, he gave them multiple. Well, years. we also live in a time, and this is not new to humanity, where the discipline that we see most days isn't right where a lot of folks have experienced discipline done in the wrong way mm-hmm. for the wrong reasons. So we can pair godly discipline with sinful discipline, and that's not right. No. Uh, and it, but it takes, it takes the Spirit to open our eyes to that. Uh, thank God that, that He does. But if we're just going to say, that's not right, well, what, what are you comparing it to? Uh, to brokenness, and you can't. Had parents who, like you know, were disciplined in the wrong way, like you said, as children, and so they don't do any discipline. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's just as harmful mm-hmm. as the bad discipline you got. Mm-hmm. Same results, just as bad. Just because it went done right to you, don't mean you shouldn't do it right. right. Discipline with your children. That's exactly right. Because it's going to yield the same results. Yeah. So you've got some people who swing all the way to the other side and right. say. Uh, look at the New Testament. God is so gracious. Look at the Old Testament. Well, that's not right. But you've also got people who, who I've known and experienced who say, I just, I wish we did things more like they did in the Old Testament. I, I don't think that that is a wise decision or a correct understanding of what we see in the New Testament. Well, what so. disciples who said, why don't you call down some thunder on them and yeah. go to Jesus' town. Just be thankful your name's yeah. in the book. Yeah. Don't worry about trying to call down the lightning, you know? Yeah. So that should remind us, yeah, 
You've been saved by grace. Right. So uh, the whole mosaic, the whole picture of God's goodness and his justice and his mercy and his grace. We need all of it. And it's no mistake the verses you are reading that, to me, that that comes in the next chapter, mm -hmm. whatever it is, 34, yeah, about yeah. the Lord's gracious and merciful, slow to yeah. anger. About, that's no mistake. That's no, not at all. No, no. Not at all. To, to remind us. Mm -hmm. You know, you just read about this stuff, but remember, he is slow to anger and gracious. In the moment, we all, we all hate discipline. We all hate the feeling of... Yeah, nobody thinks uh, it's uh, Yes, but, you yeah. know, two chapters later, maybe so, two chapters later in our life, we'll, you know, hopefully we'll see the mercy and the generosity of God when He, when he disciplines us. He says slow to anger. It doesn't mean He never gets angry. That's right. You just, you never know mm -hmm. how long mm -hmm. his, his, his grace is. Yeah. You can't say he's slow because he's slow to anger. Yeah, he's got a, 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 a big threshold, right? Yeah, when you think about the attributes of God, yes, God is good and loving. God is also wrathful. He's wrathful full of sin. Well, and that's, all, that's, yeah, that's part falling. of his justice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's holy. It's, it's, a, it's a holy thing. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, that's all I got. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Good. Are you preaching this Sunday? Uh, I am. I am Plan B right now. You're Plan B. Yes. Which I'll We're be. We're not going to send you back to AAA yet. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Did I do? I did. All, I did all right. I feel like I threw strikes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I let the defense do their work. <laughs> so yeah, I'll I'll shut my door this afternoon and figure out, and just in case. But hopefully Wes will be here. In verse 18, is that Joshua or Moses? Well, it depends on what chapter and what, what it says in verse 18. <laughs> well, it's most, well, Joshua's hearing the noise, and uh -huh. he said to Moses, and then it says, but he said, is that Moses? What does he say? It is not the noise of the shout of victory, nor the noise of cry of defeat, but it was the sound of singing I hear. Yeah, I think it's ascribed to Moses, but, Moses. Yeah. Yeah. but it, yeah, when they start saying he says, he said, it, it gets kind of hard to figure out. Joshua said it's noise of war. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and Moses says, might sound like war, but it, uh, he's got some, it's like he's got some inside information. Yeah, God's already told me. Exactly. exactly. It's not, not really good down there. Yeah. Well, let me pray, and we'll be out of here. God, thank you for your goodness and your kindness, even in these hard texts where we read about discipline and, and how you deal with sin. So we thank you that you do not excuse our sin but that you, uh, that you condemn it, and that makes you holy. So, Father, as we think about our own lives, would you expose our own sin to us so that we can change, we can bring it to light? And as we live this life as a church, Father, I pray that you would, you would help us be people who are, who are so connected to one another that we, that we see each other and we're able to lovingly say, I don't think so. I don't think that's what Jesus says. I don't think that's what God's Word says. And would you help us receive that well, receive it in love, and to walk with one another in holiness in the way that you've called us to. So I just pray for all of us, pray for our whole church, uh, that you would be with us this week, help us be lights in the places we are, and help us remember your goodness as we worship you. Would you be with us? We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.